You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 20, all about coaching. So drop and give me 20 and count them out. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you lead with confidence and clarity. These are practical solutions for your ministry that you probably didn't learn in seminary. Now let's join your host, Seth Muse, who hopes they have sweet tea in heaven. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am, What was that? That was a really weird intro. I'm sorry. Well, hey there. I didn't mean to do that. I never know what's going to happen until it wants to turn the microphone on. I'm Seth. I'm the host of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, which you are currently listening to. Thanks for being with me today. I really appreciate you spending the time with me on your drive to work or while you're out for a jog or maybe enjoying some quiet time while your kids are locked in the clock. I mean, while you're like your kids are playing in another room. And so, hey, I've got some exciting things to talk with you about. Today's show notes can be found at sethmuse.com slash 20. This is the 20th episode. And for the first time, we're going to go week to week with the podcast for a while. Uh, I'm excited about this. I don't I don't know what's really going to happen. We've got some great guests coming up, some really fun guests like Justin Dean will be on the show, but uh, Ben Stapley will be on the show, uh, um, just, just to name a few. And, and we're going to be talking about some really great stuff coming up, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get that to you. Today, uh, I want to cover this issue of coaching. I know that a lot of people are coaches now, and pretty much everyone considers themselves a coach, but what's a good coach? What's a bad coach? I started thinking about coaches for business and coaches for ministries, and, and that's what I do too. I am a coach for ministers and pastors and leaders who are in the church world. If you're a pastor or a communications director or a worship leader, youth pastor, whatever, that's who I am really I'd love to talk to you guys about what you're doing and try to help you get through some of the decision-making that sometimes you didn't learn in seminary. You're not really sure how to, how to handle it. How do I know that from experience that I was in the same spot I was thrown in and the church kind of says, here, here's, here's ministry. You're going to teach the Bible. You're going to love people. You're going to do all that great stuff, but also you're going to do all this other, uh, on this other side of things where it's, it's not really ministry, but it's also important. And it's like, Oh, by the way, you need to play the guitar and, and you know, things like that. So, uh, so many extra stuff that's thrown on ministers that we're not prepared for. So coaches, what I love to do is come in next to you as a coach and say, how can I help you work through some of these things, learn how to do some of these things, or at least point you in the right direction. So coaches do that. And I, and a good one is going to do a couple of different things. We're going to talk about what the, what a good coach does here in a second. As I think about coaching, I think back to my high school days. And I know many of you were in high school. So if you went to high school, there was a basketball team, maybe. At my school, football, it was Texas, so football rules, even though our team was terrible. Uh, but our basketball team was pretty good. And uh, well, we were okay. We were not good at sports generally at our school, but now we do much better. They've gone on to win state tournaments and all that kind of stuff now. But anyway, I played basketball and during the off season and even during the on season, our coach just ran us into the ground. He was tough on us. And, and I ended up growing to love this coach. He was a deacon at a church that I worked at as a youth pastor. Eventually, he taught Sunday school for me. He's become a great friend. He was a mentor in my life. And one of the things I remember him saying, he used to do this thing where he'd open the gym 
after school and let all the players come up and even friends or alumni could come up and play ball after school. And it was a way to keep sharp during the off season. And, you know, it was, it was fun too. We played fun pickup games. So, uh, I remember one day my coach asking me after school, like, Hey, are you going to be at open gym today? And I said, no, I got to work. I can't really be there today. And he said, Oh, you're working. So where are you working? So I told him I was working at the finish line, you know, glamorous shoe salesman, uh, in the mall. And so he was like, Oh, okay, well, you know, that's great. I know I get it. You need money. And he said something to me. I'll never forget that I've started passing on to other people. He said, you know, you've got like 18 years to be a kid and then the rest of your life, you're going to have to work. So don't, so make sure you're not missing out on the years where you're, you can be a kid and just kind of, and he wasn't just trying to get me to come to open gym. He was trying to relay some information to me that maybe I didn't see yet. And, and Lord knows as I worked with high school students recently, they're under tons of pressure to become an adult so fast, not just in the culture, but in school. Like, what are you going to be when you grow up? If you don't know by the time you're a freshman, you're so stupid and behind. Like, what? What is that? So there's a ton of pr- pressure to kind of know. And so someone coming in and going, you know what? You're going to be a kid for just a short time of your life. That's wisdom. And, and not to say that he didn't want me to go to college or put, you know, learn the value of a dollar and all that kind of stuff. He was just trying to share with me, look, I know you want money to go out on dates with your girlfriend, but there's more to this now being a kid. There's more to it than just making money and, 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 and going out on dates. And it's, there's, there's more stuff you can be. You can be a student, be a kid. Basically you don't have to be an adult and that, and that's pretty freeing. Uh, and so I took that to heart. I actually shared that with my kids and, and I tell that with students when I was a student pastor, because here's the thing. If, if he hadn't stepped in and said that to me and given me a little bit of wisdom, then I might have had a little bit different go of life after that. I might have had some troubles. <clears throat> so having him come in when I was flying solo uh, on, on what I was going to do there really helped me out. Flying solo sometimes looks really attractive because, you know, we get the most glory if it actually pans out. Oh, look what I did. But the truth is, nobody who's really successful, like truly successful, got there by themselves. They had people that helped them, and they had someone in their life speaking into their life saying, here's what's good, here's what's not. And that person was probably a mentor, a coach, someone who was a little older, maybe had been down the road before them. And so today, when we look at coaching, I, I think I think it's an important thing for a pastor or a ministry leader to have. Look, when I started ministry, it was tough. And the reason it was mostly tough is because I didn't know what I was doing. And there was no one there telling me, hey, here's what you should do. Or, hey, you know what? It's probably not a good idea to fire a t-shirt cannon straight at a student five feet away. You know, I didn't know that kind of stuff. You would think common sense would kick in, but I'm a youth pastor. No, it doesn't kick in. In fact, the opposite kicks in. We listen to the other shoulder angel a lot more and say, hey, you know, it'd be funny or, you know, it'd be great. And so I needed someone there to go, hey, you know what? If you plan something, you really need to carry it out just because even if only three kids show up, you need to do that event for three kids, you know, or you need to modify the event somehow. And you need to make sure that those that did show up don't get punished for showing up and being responsible because the other irresponsible kids that didn't pay didn't show up. And now everyone's time is ruined. You know, that kind of stuff is wise. And now nobody was sharing that with me. So I was making a lot of mistakes. In fact, I wrote an ebook about it and I'm so happy, but it just got put on 
um, downloadyouthministry.com. It's my ebook. Do not go in there. And it's things that I wish someone had told me when I started the ministry. So you can go buy that there. I'm super pumped about that. And thanks to the guys at Download Youth Ministry. I'll put a link in the show notes. However, having someone to talk me through it became very valuable to me after I'd already made several mistakes. So I want to tell you why coaches are important and what a good coach is. And then I want to offer you something at the end. So here we go. Coaches are good because they help you with perspective. That's the first thing we need to know about coaches. Coaches help you with perspective. Right now, I meet with a guy named Randy. Randy is, uh, I'm not even sure how old he is. He's in his 70s, maybe 80s. Sorry, Randy, if you're listening and I got that completely wrong, but I've never actually asked you. I'm certain that Randy is at least my dad's age or older. And so Randy is this guy, he used to be a business consultant. So he was in my church and I'd heard that he'd, he'd coached some other ministry guys. And I was like, you know what? I need help. And what he helped me with the most is when I was transitioning from student ministry into communications. And so I got with Randy and he talked me through so many things, but he gave me perspective on how to make decisions just on like, okay, how do I present this idea at my church for maybe I'm not leaving the church or maybe I'm going to change roles? How do I help create a role there? How do I get people on board? You know, and stuff I didn't have a clue how to do. And Randy was helping me talk through it. So when the decision came that, you know, we're going to leave, I'm going to go on and do something else. He started coaching me on how to reinvent myself. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but it was incredible perspective, things that I never thought about, uh, how to change not only the perspective that I had on my own life, but changing other people's perspective of me and how to manage a perspective or manage an image and how to do that well with sincerity, you know, and not being this fake, you know, sales guy that's always telling you, Hey, let me tell you what I've got for you. And it's like, Oh, here's this fake dude that just wants to sell me something, how to be genuine, how to be myself. Cause that's very important to me. I hope you know that, that as soon, everything you get on this podcast or in the blog, that's just me. I, I'm, I don't show up for anybody. I just, I'm just Seth. And so he helped me kind of learn how to point the good things of that in the right direction. And so coaches just bring this perspective that sometimes you don't see it. And the reason it's good, I used to do this illustration with my students when we were talking about dating, most of the time, like missionary dating, why it's not good to date a non-believer, right? It's because you're too close to the situation. So I would write a word on a piece of paper and then I would take it and I'd put it so close to their face where it would like touch their nose. And I'd say, okay, now read the paper. And they couldn't read the paper and why they were too close. And that's sometimes how we see our own situations is we're just too close to it. We need a coach to come in and say, well, I'm not too close to the paper. I can tell you what it says. I can read the writing on the wall and I can help you get through this. So they offer a perspective that you may not have because you're honestly just buried in a situation. You're too close to it. It's too personal. Your feelings are wrapped up in it and theirs are not. And that's valuable. So get a coach because they can help you with perspective. Second, seeking a coach is biblical and teaches you humility. So that's kind of wrapped up in one. It's two things wrapped up in one. But I just look at all these examples in the Bible of great biblical characters of that, that had mentors in their life. You think about Moses. Moses is judging the people and he's getting worn out. And his father-in-law, who's a Midianite, not even of God's people, but he was a godly man. And he comes in and he says, what are you doing? You're judging every case on your own. Why don't you take some people and train them up how to do that and then let them basically divide up the government and spread the spread the power and then you can like not go crazy. And Moses said that's a great idea. So Moses is listening to to someone who's older than him and Moses is the prophet. Moses is the guy that talks directly to God. What on earth could he need a coach or a mentor for? 
Well, because God made us to be relational. And that's what he, that's, that's what he recognized right then is like, I need people in my life telling me how to do some things that I haven't experienced yet. Cause at that point, Moses was still fairly young. And then he takes what he learns in these situations and he passes it on to Joshua. Joshua becomes this guy that leads the people actually into the promised land. Why? Because Moses trained him how to do it. Joshua was always there with Moses. So mentorship is biblical. It teaches you humility. I mean, Daniel's son was trained by Mr. Miyagi. Otherwise, if he hadn't learned to paint the house correctly, he wouldn't be able to block the sweep, which he didn't block the sweep. And that's why he got his legs swept. And that's why he went down and he had to fight hurt. Thank goodness that all worked out. Joshua learned how to from, lead from Moses. Peter learned how to not to slice people's ears off from Jesus. I mean, there's coaching and mentorship all throughout Scripture. And so as a biblical model alone, it's biblical. We should be seeking that out, especially if we're in leadership in the church. Now, humility comes along when you realize you're listening to someone who's older than you that knows more. The fact that you're doing that and willing to do that is a practice in humility. It's saying, you know things I don't know, but ultimately it's saying, there are things I don't know. And I I don't know about you, but finding people willing to admit that in their life is hard. And if you can be one of those people, one of those persons, yikes, one of those people, then you can become a person that is able to learn and grow much stronger, much faster than others because you're simply humble enough to be taught. You're teachable. You're coachable. And that is a valuable asset for any person in any position. Think about when you're getting hired for a job, whether it be a church job or a regular job of any kind in in the secular world. If you are a person that is a learner and that you are uh, able to teach yourself things and you're willing to say, I don't know, teach me how to do this, man, any boss is going to look at you and go, you may not be as qualified, but I think I can work with you better. That is a strong, strong trait to have in your, in your repertoire of personality traits. So being humble and teachable is, is also biblical. So finding a coach helps you to practice the humility of being a learner. And that is super valuable. So that's kind of just the, the, the top I want to hit, hit on of what I would, what coaching is the value of coaching, but let's talk about what a good coach is. Uh, The specifics. I would suggest a a coach that's older than you, uh, obviously probably the same sex if you, if, unless it's like via uh, online, like Skype or something like that. But I would, I would say most likely it needs to be someone of the same sex, preferably 10 to 15 years older than you. It can be less, but I don't, I wouldn't want too much less. It needs to be someone that's kind of done what you're doing. That's in the life phase that you've been in, that you're now, they've been in it and now you're in it. So someone that is, um, a little bit closer to your age, but not like too far. Now, Randy's quite a bit older than me. So, I mean, that's obviously that's working for me. And if you're a person that just can't do that, then don't do it. But I, I happen to love older, older people in the church. I get along with them really well. I'm kind of an old soul. So, uh, Randy and Randy's a young sparkle in his eyes, kind of, kind of guy. So we kind of meet in the middle, I guess we're, we're, we're great. So you need someone that's a little bit older than you. You also need someone that has a reputation for godliness and trustworthiness. Uh, godliness, obviously, because you want them to be able to give you godly advice. Someone that is going to think about how God would have you re- behave or react to whatever they're, you're, they're helping you through. So you obviously want that. You obviously want somebody, also want somebody that is trustworthy because 
uh, you're going to probably want to share things and you need to share a lot of things with this person that you may not share with other people because you need to be honest enough. They can actually see the, see the problems and help you. If you're going to close off, then you may as well save your money and save your time and just not worry about it and just keep doing what you're doing. If you're not going to be honest and open with them. So get someone that's trustworthy. Um, I typically would also say third, it needs to be someone outside your context. And and this helps with the trustworthiness, someone that's not in your church and it's not your boss. Okay. Your boss can't be the guy that you go to or the girl you go to, to help you with problems with your boss, right? It can't, it can't work. It needs to be somebody that's outside of your context a little bit. Somebody that can be impartial, somebody that is trustworthy, but not your boss. It never need coach can't be your boss. Okay. Your accountability partner can't be your boss, right? It, Cause you're going to need to be able to say open and honest things to this coach, to this person. And if it's your, if it's your boss and you need to say something about your boss, it's going to be really hard to get help from your boss on how to handle your boss. You, you dig, you see, that's a, that's an issue. So it needs to be somebody outside your church. Um, or it could be somebody inside your church if they are extremely trustworthy. Um, so, so if they find somebody that's, uh, you know, just a great leader in your church or a, an elderly person in your church and, and they've have experience in a certain area that you think is valuable, then approach them about that. That's great too. And then last, someone that's willing to do the hard work. I know that there've been times that I've, I've gone about two months. We were supposed to meet about every other month or every month, once a month, me and Randy. And there were times when I would just put my head down and start working and I'd kind of forget and I just go, I'd be going to getting it done. And Randy would finally email me and go, Hey, we haven't met in a while. We should probably get together. That's a good coach that follows up with me that says, Hey, I'm going to hold you accountable to some things. And I know you need that. And you know what I do? I need to make decisions based on good counsel. And so meeting with Randy, I, I get some coffee out of it. I have a great friend in Randy. I get a great time, but I also get to say, here's what I'm doing right now. And, he, and I, he'll, he's encouraging. And he's also very uh, straightforward and like, okay, what you're doing there, that's going to end up bad. Here's what I would suggest. And maybe he doesn't say it as frankly as that, but he definitely says clearly when, he, when I need to make some adjustments. So he's just so good at it. You can find someone like that too, if, that is willing to do the hard work. Randy keeps notes on me. All right. He's got notes on, on Evernote or iPad, just notes or whatever. And he follows up and he's willing to tell me I'm wrong. So you need somebody that can do that. A good coach is older than you, has a reputation for godliness or trustworthiness, is outside of your context. So he's impartial and is willing to do the hard work. That's a good coach. There's probably more and you can add to that, whatever you think. But here's the thing. You need to find a coach. Don't wait for a coach to come find you. There are a lot of people out there like me that are, that are looking for clients and people that like to coach because we love to do it. It's part of our business, how we make money too. It's how we provide for our families, but also we love it. It's a ministry. We love to see you guys get unstuck. We love to see things work out for the better. And so when you're approaching someone, but, but typically you're not going to get approached. That's what I'm saying. So you need to approach someone that you think might be a great coach. Maybe you don't have... Uh, maybe you want to start with someone in your church or that you know that can it could be a great uh, coach for you. Don't wait. What I want you to do is write down their names, people you think might fit this category, fit this this uh, 
this criteria for a coach. Write their names down, pray about it, and then I want you to go approach someone you think should be your coach. Ask them about it. Talk about meeting maybe once a month. Tell them that your goals are to uh, basically just talk about your life and get advice on what how to make decisions and and go from there. If you have something going on in your life, they can you can talk about that and start. Just go approach this person because I'm telling you, if you don't have anybody in your life like this, you are going to find that having someone like this versus not having someone like this is so powerful in your life. It is so incredible to have someone to talk to, frankly, about the issues and the and the decisions you have to make or face in your church, in your worship life, in your church life, um, in your worship services as a worship pastor or a pastor. So. Don't wait for someone to approach you. Go seek them out. Now, if you want to seek out professional coaches, um, you might be wondering like, okay, I don't have money to pay because sometimes that can be a little bit pricey for a smaller church or individual. Well, here's the deal. If you can find money in your budget at your church, that's a good investment. A good investment is growing as a leader. Like, Maybe skip the next Catalyst conference where you're going to go and be all excited and get some cool swag for a bit and then go and and invest in a coach that's going to help you actually become a better leader. Do something like that for a season. Do something different. And you can take that budget because what that does is that not only makes you a stronger leader, but it makes the church stronger because you're a stronger leader. It makes you a better a fit for your ministry or a better, uh, a stronger candidate to, to make decisions and go forward with your church because you're investing in yourself. That's a wise investment, a wise investment. So don't be afraid to approach your pastor or your financial committee or whoever you have to approach about saying, hey, I want to spend six weeks with this coach helping me with a couple of issues or helping me grow as a leader or whatever you want to tell them, get people on board with it and then go and use your church budget to do that. Now it's a wise investment. I highly recommend you do that. But if you can't do that, find someone in your church or find someone, you know, that will be honest with you that you can trust to do this with you personally for a while. Now, if you're looking for a coach, obviously I am a coach, so I would love to have you as a client. You can find all the information about me and what I'll do at sethmuse.com slash coaching. Go there and check that out. If you're a pastor, a ministry leader, worship leader, youth pastor, communications director, any of that, I, I love to help you guys. And I would love to talk with you about if I can help you and how I can help you. So feel free, please go there and to sethmuse.com slash coaching. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Sethmuse.com slash 20 for this for this podcast. I will do my best to help you lead with confidence and clarity. Confidence because we know now what we're doing. We have a strategy and we're ready to go forward. Clarity in that we are uh, able to make strong decisions because we know what our purpose and our goals are. So I would love to help you lead with confidence and clarity. Now, Randy, I told you, help me immensely when I started changing over from youth ministry to communications. And one of the things he helped me with the most is something I never thought about. And it was how to reinvent yourself. I mentioned that earlier, how to reinvent yourself. So as a a youth pastor, I went from working in the church full-time as a youth director, a student pastor, to a marketing 
manager at a, at a company in, uh, nearby, nearby, near the church for about a year where I traveled and I was in sales and I, I went to trade shows and I was working on social media platforms for this company and developing social strategies and, and, and all of that. So I was learning a lot about social media while I was there on that job. And so I was learning a lot about what the current state of things are, but Randy was helping me to, to figure out how to, uh, move forward, not only in my, in that job itself, but in preparing to launch this podcast and a blog and coaching and all of that, and how to handle the stress of, of doing both of those things. And, And it was an incredible time of learning and growth for me, but it also could have been super destructive and super difficult if I had had to do that alone. So reinventing myself, who is Seth Muse now? He's no longer just Seth the youth pastor, but he's Seth the something else. What is that? So now I'm striking forward and it's all really because Randy was there to help me figure out how to take proper steps, a couple of steps at a time in order to get to the next place that I, that I knew God wanted me to go. And so as a ministry coach, I want to do that for you. And that's what coaches do. So if you have never thought of this, pray about it. Think about getting yourself a coach. And I promise you, I promise you, I'd be willing to stake a lot of my reputation on this promise. It will help your life. It, of course, if your coach is terrible, it will be bad. But still, if you get a good coach and you follow this criteria, I promise you will find someone that will help you at least a little to figure out what those next steps are. Maybe you have somebody in your church that's just giving you grief right now and you don't know how to handle it and you don't know how to move forward. And they might be on the elder board. They might be on your youth committee. They might be a student that's supposed to be a leader in your in your ministry. They might be a musician on your stage that's constantly uh, undermining your leadership. How do you handle that stuff? That's not taught in seminary for the most part. Get someone on board to help you figure out how to take steps to get those kinds of situations under control so that we can all get on the same page in your church, going towards the vision that God has laid on your church and, and all in unity and in unison headed towards the same stuff, because that is what the ultimate goal is, is glorifying Christ in our churches. And so many times there's a simple little stupid roadblock that we just don't know how to get past. And it's keeping us from the vision. And we, if, if the vision is important, then getting past it is important. And if getting past it is important, it's worth a couple of bucks to get somebody in there to help you do it. That's my opinion. Take it or leave it. I would love to help you guys. I know that there are several other people that do this too. I can provide a couple of links on the show notes to some of those pages as well. So all that being said, I hope that you go and find a ministry coach and I hope that you go check out the uh, show notes for this page. There's going to be a ton of links there, including the coaching page. So go to sethmuse.com either slash 20 for the episode show notes or slash coaching for more information on how I can help you with coaching and contact me that way. So that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much. Next week, we've got another guest coming in. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait to share it with you, but thank you so much for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast with me, your host, Seth News, who loves you. I will see you later.